हरे कृष्णा पंच कल्प कृद्यक्रिप सिंधु भेजपतिमोहनमहाडी Uh, so uh, I want to review a little bit because we're starting up again with text number uh, 15. We're in uh, Canto 11, chapter 27, Lord Krishna's instructions on the process of deity worship. And uh, verses 1 through 5 is Uddhava asks the Lord for instructions in deity worship, Aradhanam, in this activity, Kriya Yogam. Uh, the the Kriya Yoga, the prescribed method of activities. And he asked, uh, uh, explain this to me, uh, the worship and the qualifications of the devotees who worship the deity on the basis of such worship and the specific methods of, method of worship. Now this is what he, what he asked. Uh, and then... Uh, Uh, he says how this is endorsed by all the great sages of the greatest benefit of, of deity worship. Uh, uh, this is the opinion of Narda, Vyas, Vyaspati. Uh, so it's very important. And it's one of the things that, uh, that uh, Srila Prabhupada did when he spread the Krishna consciousness movement in the West. I... Uh, My impression is that uh, from what things he said, he was quite pleasantly surprised that people took to it. Because uh, at least uh, in India, uh, uh, the, 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 the British were, were quite antagonistic uh, toward uh, deity worship. Uh, although in the Christian tradition, there are things that come very close to it. But that was Catholic And, uh, of course, the Church of England is not Catholic. It's uh, uh, one time rather vigorously Protestant. And uh, uh, I have an interesting book uh, called uh, The Stripping of the Altars, a history book of what exactly ha- happened, how Protestantism Uh, was uh, crammed down the throats <laughs> of the British people by King Henry VIII, who wanted his own church because he got all the monastery lands and all the church lands owned by the Catholic Catholic Church, put, put all the monks and nuns out of their things and took over their lands and literally stripped the altars and defaced the worship and... Uh, um, uh, and uh, The, 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 way, the way the story had been told in England was that it was very popular, this activity, but uh, looking at it now, it looks like it was actually crammed down most people's throats. <laughs> um, and uh, Edmund Duffy in this book gives, 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 gives a, uh, a, a sense of what worship was like in pre-Reformation Catholic England and his bhakti is engaging the senses in the service of the master the senses of the senses of festivals and huge amount of participation and and all these things like images and being very important anyway uh, so uh, it's important and Prabhupada found it was quite welcome uh, in America Uh, that people really took to it. Um, uh, and so uh, we now have established deity worship. Um, uh, the first installed deities being Lord Jagannath, uh, very kind to meet eaters and children, uh, Prabhupada said. And the very first Rathiatra, I think the first and second Rathiatra uh, in San Francisco, he gave a lecture in which he said that Somebody had showed him the Aquarian Gospel of Jesus Christ, 
this book that was popular in the counterculture where a guy channels uh, uh, from the Akashic Record about, about Jesus in India. And uh, Prabhupada didn't think it was a bona fide book, but he used to show that he said that uh, he said that, that actually Jesus was a devotee of Jagannath because that tells how, how and there's a stories like this in India that the missing years of Jesus, he went to India and came back. And his tomb is in what's now Pakistan, an alleged tomb and so on. Because he, after the crucifixion, the story they tell, of course he didn't really die. And then he, he just, yoga by yoga process, he seemed to be die, his, dead, his breath was suspended, and he went to India where he later, anyway, that's another story. But, but, uh, Anyway, that, 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 that Jesus was a devotee of Jagannath. And, and, that, and, that, and for that reason, Jagannath has come to America because of this. Uh, so anyway, Jagannath was the first deity. So anyway, Uddhava asked to explain this, uh, and he explains that the specific sessions in which it's been taught by Brahma, uh, Bhrigu, uh, to Parvati by Lord Shiva, uh, and so now, please tell us this means of liberation, he says, from the bondage of work. So he's saying, uh, then Krishna says in text 6, there's so many different rules and regulations, I'm just going to do this briefly one step at a time. And then he mentions these three methods. We discuss this, the Vedic, the Tantric, uh, uh, and mixed. Tantric doesn't mean the Shaivite Tantra, but but the practice of, uh, of uh, deity worship based on the, on the Pancharatras and the, uh, uh, and the kind of mantras that you use. Uh, uh. So then uh, uh, Krishna talks about, in, in text 9, uh, worship me uh, to my deity, form, or to a form appearing in the ground, in fire, the sun, in water, or within the worshiper's own heart. So there, there are various ways. I mean, there's, there's the deity that's stalled in the temple, but there are other ways of worshiping Krishna that's also mentioned here, the sacrificial fire, uh, 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 sacred places of pilgrimage, uh, the, the Brahmagayachi mantra is to the, the Lord and the sun. Surya Narayana uh, uh, and, and so on then with text 10 and 11 the actual uh, process of uh, describing uh, deity worship uh, is uh, begins here uh, because, and there, there's there's five aspects of worship. Uh, this is called Panchanga Puja. Uh, this is in the Pancharatra scriptures, uh, which divides deity worship in these five categories of activities. Uh, uh, and so these, these Panchanga, Anga means part, and five parts, Panchanga Puja. There's five acts. Uh, uh, of deity worship. And the first one is described in text 10 and 11. Uh, the, the Sanskrit word is abhigamana. Uh, abhigamana, uh, uh, little, abhigamana means the word for uh, abhigamana uh, is approach. Uh, uh, and in the other book I'm using, by the way, the sources for this uh, is this Pancharatra Pradipa uh, book. Uh, this is the second volume in which uh, they, they take this same text uh, from, from, the, uh, from uh, uh, Canto 11, Chapter 27 and give a further explanation of it with reference to the practice of deity worship uh, as a supplement to the purports that are already here in the BBT edition. Plus we also have Krishna Chakravarti Thakur's commentary. So that's the, the, the sources here. 
So they, uh, they, uh, this is being followed, this abhigamana, is the preliminary functions. Uh, uh, this, they say this includes such preliminary functions as bathing, donning fresh cloth, ornamenting the body with tilak and tosi beads, cleansing the temple, removing used articles and cleaning them and decorating the temple. They say here in the uh, Pancharaka Deepika book, generally all activities performed up to and including the early morning Mongol arti are considered abhigamana. Uh, 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 interestingly enough, uh, in the Moner Williams Sanskrit Dictionary, they have a slightly different definition. They take this from the Ramanuja Sampradaya. They, they give the source of this definition. Uh, the act of cleansing and smearing with cow dung, the way leading to the image of the deity, one of the five parts of the Upasana with the Ramanujas. So these five parts are also in the... the uh, 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 Ramanuja Sampradaya. In fact, a lot, because Gopal Bhattakal Swami was trained in that Sampradaya, a great deal of our deity worship is based on the Sri Sampradaya's practices. The word Upasana is uh, another word for deity worship. We use it as a synonym. Uh, upasana means sitting or being near. Uh, and then to serve, wait upon, attending, uh, and then homage, adoration, and worship. And then the Sanskrit dictionary says, with Ramanujas consisting of five parts, namely Abhigamana, or approach, Upadana, preparation of offering, Ija, or oblation, Swadhyaya, or recitation, or, and yoga, or devotion. Now, these are the same five words that we use uh, for the, the, these uh, Panchanga, but we have a different order and a slightly different definition. Uh, so we start with Abhigamana. Now for, 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 for us, it means mostly the preparations that the devotees themselves do. And that, that's the way they're, they're here in the, uh, in the Bhagavatam, uh, te- te- text 10 and 11. One should purify his body by cleansing his teeth and bathing, then one should perform a second cleansing by smearing the body with earth and chanting both Vedic and Tantric mantras. Uh, smearing the body with earth, we do that by putting on tila. But you're, you're purifying the body. Uh, uh, then it goes on, fixing the mind on me, one should worship me by his various prescribed duties, such as chanting the Gayatri Mantra at the three junctures of the day. Uh, such performances are enjoined by the Vedas and purify the worshiper of reaction to fruitive activities. So these are all the, the preliminary activities to the actual deity worship uh, uh, of making your body clean and pure, the deity's paraphernalia washed, you get take out the old flowers before you bring new ones. You clean the altar. You clean the temple. Uh, you want to make a path with cow dung. That's okay too, uh, and, and and so on. So that's the abhigamana. And what we're going to discuss today, beginning with fifteen, is this next upadana, selecting and gathering the items for worship. Uh, but the other texts. Then in text 12 here, it's mentioned that the Lord appears in eight varieties, uh, the deity form, uh, stone, wood, metal, earth, paint, sand, the mind, or jewels. So these are various material things which can become spiritualized and become, the deity can appear in that way. Uh, stone, wood, metal, earth, uh, paint a picture. So if you, can, you can make deities out of uh, clay. Uh, as we see the next text, temporary or permanent deities. Uh, uh, the mind. You can, uh, if, if you think of the deity in your mind, that's a deity. 
And of course, we have a well-known story that Prabhupada repeats in Nectar of Devotion about a poor Brahmana who didn't have any money to do deity worship, so he did it mentally and cooked for the deity, did all things by by mental puja, uh, and and uh, and his finger got burned in the real world when he t- he touched. In, in his meditation, he touched a, a pot of sweet rice to see if it was cool enough to offer yet and burnt his finger, and then he broke out of his trance and saw his finger was burned. So it, it works. That's mental or jewels. And then they mention uh, temporary or permanently, sometimes for certain ceremonies, the deities are invoked. Uh, we do that. I mentioned this. We do that. When we make Sri pot in fire sacrifice, uh, there's a pot with a, you know, it should have a, a, a daub, which becomes the deity of Vishnu as the Lord of sacrifice. And if you do it correctly, uh, uh, you summon the deity with mantras. You make the Sri pot very described details of what you should put in it. Uh, and then there's a, for dismissing the deity. There are the deities like that. And then he says, says here, a permanent deity, uh, having been called, can never be sent away. Uh, and then it mentions uh, uh, a temporary deity can be optionally called forth and sent away, but if the deity is traced upon ground, sometimes you do a tracing on the ground with colored uh, uh, sand or dyes and things like that. Uh, you should always bring call uh, call forth and send away if it's on the ground. Uh, bathing should be done with water. Except the deities made of clay, paint, or wood. I mentioned this when you bathe Jagannath. The, the procedure because he's wood, paint is, is there. Uh, uh, you. Uh, get a mirror or a silver bowl which you pour the water and bathe the reflection of the deities and then of course you would use some cloth to wipe the a dry cloth. So that's where we've gotten so far. Okay. Let's see, I hope you remember that. I said I had some more detailed notes but they're lost in the ether. Probably the National Security Agency has them but uh, can't get them from them. Um, so now uh, we come to 15 through 18, uh, and this is the, the what's called uh, upadana. Uh, the word upadana, gathering articles for worship. Uh, this includes gathering flowers, suitable foodstuffs, tulsi leaves, preparing cooked foods, selecting the proper utensils for the worship. Uh, and it says, I'm reading from this this uh, Pancharakapadipika. More broadly, it refers to collecting funds to worship the deity or to help maintain the Lord's temple. So that, that even, if you're getting donations, uh, that's Upadana also. Uh, it's, it's a form of deity worship. So, um, so here, here there's two, two items on Upadana. Uh, uh, 15, uh, you know, 15, 16, 17, and 18, collecting and gathering the items for worship. So 15 goes like this. I finally come to a verse. <laughs> Just can't. I'll say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So 15 goes, Dravyaya Prasidhyarm, Dravyaya Prasidhyarm Atyaga, Pratibhat Adishvamayina, Bhaktasya Chayata Laptaya Riddhi Bhavena Jaiva Hi. So, Dravyaya, what the translation? One should worship me in my deity form by offering the most excellent paraphernalia. 
But a devotee completely free from material desire may worship me with whatever he is able to obtain and may even worship me within his heart with mental paraphernalia. So depending on how advanced you are, but generally uh, 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 you should use uh, the word drovya means things, stuff, you know, items of paraphernalia, substances, right, that are prasidai. Prasida means very excellent. Uh, it, it should be as nice as you can afford. Uh, the deity is worshipped in opulence. Even when we are worshipping Krishna in Vrindavan, in which his uh, Aishvarya is, his majesty is subdued and his sweetness is there, we, uh, Prabhupada told us, we are worshipping him in, uh, in, in awe and reverence and in majesty. Uh, so we should have excellent items. Although we don't have real gold and real jewels as a rule, um, uh, it's too much of a temptation for thievery, even for the devotees. Uh, I, I know, I know one 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 devotee who, uh, a spiritual master who was worshiping his own Shalagram Shilas and had real gold and silver items. And uh, a, a devotee who was assisting him ran off with them. And that was one Prabhupada said that we shouldn't have it because it will turn the devotees into thieves. So there's some experience along the line. So we generally use costume jewelry. Uh, I remember there was a, at one point, there was an anti-cult kind of lawsuit uh, against one of our temples. Uh, and it went to court. And, and our lawyer was saying that, you know, actually the temple doesn't have a whole lot of money. And the lawyer from the other side, you can sell the jewels from the idols. They didn't know it was all costume jewelry. <laughs> so they, uh, but but uh, that's what we use. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah, it's not real. Uh, but... Uh, we do the best we can. Uh, of course, in the Sri Sampradaya, sometimes, you know, uh, at Tirupati, Tirupati they, they do have crowns of diamonds and you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, this is not the day, the day for those. Uh, but the idea of worship using using excellent paraphernalia, now we do use the kind of things. I mean, we do try to have uh, very nice clothes, and and uh, you because if you think, well, you know, just a stone, they won't notice. And uh, I, I may have mentioned before that how Prabhupada uh, was in the. Uh, 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 a temple in Vrindavan, and he saw that the deities had uh, dead flower garlands, and he said, is this uh, really Vigraha, uh, the, the deity, or you think it's stone of wood, it doesn't know? And then he said, uh, if this is happening in my presence, he said, what will happen when I'm no longer here? He says, is it uh, vigraha or galagraha. They translated galagraha as a heavy burden. Oh, my spiritual master, he's making me do all this stuff. We have to make fresh garlands every day. I mean, we can just put on, you know, plastic flowers, you know, whatever. He said, uh, he said but galagraha literally means seized by throat. <laughs> that, that, uh, um, but the idea of using uh, paraphernalia uh, is that it engages the senses. Uh, and that's what deity... And it, but when the senses are engaged, they're purified. You want to look at beautiful things. You want to touch beautiful things. You, you want to uh, 
uh, you know, so so that should be done. Uh, so then he says, pratima uh, uh, in, in the different deity forms, and then one who a devotee is uh, amayana, who has translated here has no material desires. That person uh, uh, can can worship me with whatever he can easily obtain. Simple things to get, or even pridhi. Uh, uh, by means of uh, feelings in the heart. Now the uh, purport here uh, in uh, this text, uh, a devotee uh, uh, still troubled by material desire tends to see the world as an object of sense gratification. Such a neophyte devotee may misunderstand the Lord's supreme position and may even consider the Lord an object of his own enjoyment. Since the neophyte must offer opulent paraphernalia to the deity so that he may constantly remember that the deity is the supreme enjoyer and that he, the neophyte, is simply the worshiper and is actually meant for the deity's pleasure. Uh, Prabhupada has emphasized this that in a temple with installed deities, that, he says, the deity is worshipped just like a king in his palace or a rich man in his mansion. For those of in the West, we don't have a whole lot of experience uh, like that. Uh, but the, the, all the devotees who live in the temple are servants. They live in the servants' quarters. The resident of the temple these are the deities that are there. And we take care of them. And the, the daily schedule is like that. First, uh, to wake him up, you come and you chant some ni- nice mantras, and you, you give him a little uh, sweet uh, uh, when they're woken up, a little, little offering, you know, chant your fresh water, a little offering. And then Mangalarti means he's being woken up. Everybody assembled. The deity is still in his night clothes. They're still in his PJs or whatever, uh, pajamas. And you, you, you uh, uh, worship him uh, with Mangalarti uh, to greet him very nicely. Everybody comes, pay respect, and greet him. And then, then the, he's secluded. While then he's the, the, the specialized attendants take care of him. Uh, 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 and, and, and change his clothes, bathe him, dress him, uh, uh, and so on according to the prescribed rules and regulations, never thinking I'm dealing with stone or wood or whatever. Uh, and then when he's all ready, we gather together and we receive him, we greet him. Uh, we greet the deity, that we have the deity greeting, and everybody comes to see him and make an offering of flowers. And so every arti is a reception of the deities. And he's fed. The deities are fed so many times a day, six times, eight times a day, and then put to sleep at night again, changed back into night clothes, uh, this is this is the center of the temple. This is the, this is the proprietor of the temple that we are servants. So that's why it's very important to treat it in that way. And the deity will reciprocate. Uh, the devotees in the temple are servants of the deities. Uh, the the assistance given by congregations, everything that the the devotees do when somebody is doing arti doing on behalf of all those people. The, 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 the punya, the, 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 the pious result, gets distributed among all those people who support the, the, the deities and support the servants because, because the servants need to be kept alive and in decent health and uh, so all that is service of the deity. Uh, so that, so, so this that's why uh, all, all this paraphernalia is there, not just for the temple devotees, but for the whole congregation. Uh, 
But then it goes on, uh, the purport, in contrast, an advanced devotee, one fixed in Krishna consciousness, never forgets that the Supreme Lord is the actual enjoyer and controller of everything. Uh, the pure devotee offers his unalloyed love to the personality of Godhead, along with whatever paraphernalia is easily obtained. So that, that you can see, the worship sometimes done by the six Goswamis was very, very simple. In fact, by mantra, all you ever may, may offer is water with a mantra that's saying this water is this, this water is that, because, because you don't have any money, because you're, you're very renounced, you don't have people, you know, uh, supporting it, uh, and you don't need it yourself. Um, so you may do it in the mind, or you may do it in a very simple way with with uh, 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 other deities. Um, it concludes that Krishna conscious devotee does not waver in his devotion to Lord Krishna. And even with the simplest offering, he completely satisfies the personality of Godhead. That's an advanced uh, devotee. Um, uh, the purport to this, uh, let me just read what Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says about this, uh, this verse. Um, he says... Um, One should worship uh, using the best items. Uh, here's an examples. Cooked grains, sugar candy, ghee, sandalwood, and saffron. Um, those are his examples of things. Sandalwoods become very, very rare. <laughs> and saffron also. Uh, then he says, uh, a devotee with no material desires can worship using whatever is available or can worship by meditating on rare objects in his mind, such as sweet rice made from the milk of sarabi cows. So there you go. That's uh, by, the, by the, the meditation. You can actually think of your taking care of Krishna and Vrindavan and of course all the cows and Sarabi cows and, and so on. Uh, 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 like that. Now it's very interesting um, uh, here uh, in, in the Pancharatra Deepika when, they, when they're talking about this idea of excellent paraphernalia uh, they, they say in their explanation, the public temple worship is always performed at least externally on the platform of Vaidhi Bhakti, devotional service in practice. Even a devotee on the platform of spontaneous devotion should observe all the temple regulations when worshiping the temple deity. That's because it's for the general public also. Not everybody is going to be on that platform. And even though you may be more advanced, you don't have to show it off by dressing the, the, the deities in some more simple Vrindavan style and so on like that. They go on. Paraphernalia. As far as possible, pujaris in public temples should strive to obtain first-class paraphernalia for offering to the Lord. This is very important. The supreme with with the, with the thing that real gold and real jewels is is, is uh, yeah a little risky in Kali Yuga. The supreme Lord is the supreme enjoyer, and to enhance this understanding, devotees may go to great lengths to ensure the highest quality in their offerings to the Lord, especially food stuff. By the way, the British crown jewels, guess where they all came from? From deities. Just so you know, that's what happens. Uh, and then they say the ideal about this highest quality, the ideal example in this regard is Raghava Pandit, who won high praise from Lord Chaitanya for his conscientious service to the deity. And then they quote here at length, the story of Raghava Pandit. This is from the Majalila. 
uh, 15, 69 to 91. Raghava Pandit is a very interesting devotee. Uh, 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 because um, uh, he was uh, quite confidential. There, there, there were um, uh, four places in which Lord Caitanya manifests his the, the appearance called Avirbhava. Avirbhava means appearance or manifestation. Uh, which prayed of the Shungadev, Avir, Avir, please be manifest in my heart. So this is a, a manifestation. So Lord Chaitanya may have been in Puri, but he also appeared in four other places. Uh, the house of Sachimata, he told her, I'll never be separated, and so he would constantly, she would see him. Even while he was in Puri, she would see him in her house. Uh, the other place he appeared is whenever Nityananda Prabhu danced in ecstasy, people could see Lord, some people at least could see Lord Chaitanya watching in amazement. Uh, whenever Kirtan was performed in the house of Srivas, Lord Chaitanya was there. And then in the house of Raghava Pandit. So Raghava Pandit, his hometown was uh, Panihati, famous for foodstuff. And his sister, Damayanti, was also, they were both really, really good at cooking. Uh, And and, uh, it says uh, that Raghava Pandit was formerly the the, uh, confidential Vraj Gopi named Vanishta. And she was always engaged in preparing food for Krishna and Vrindavan. So he appeared as Raghava Pandit. And his sister, Damayanti, uh, says she also collected ingredients to cook for Lord Chaitanya. And it says that uh, uh, his sister was in Vrajalila was a, a, a gopi named Gunamala. Uh, and so Prabhupada mentions in one of the purports in Adi Lila chapter 10, that this Anihati village was, to that, to, at least in Prabhupada's time, you could see Raghava Pandit's house. Uh, and then it's mentioned either that in Adi Lila 10, uh, 26-28, the food Damayanti cooked for Lord Chaitanya when he was at Puri were carried in bags by her brother Raghava without the knowledge of others. The Lord accepted these foods throughout the entire year. This means from Panehati to Puri. These bags, those bags are still celebrated as Raghavera Jhali, the bags of Raghava Pandit. Uh, and uh, and Krishna Skadaran says, I shall describe the contents of the bags of Raghava Pandit later in this book. Hearing this narration, devotees generally cry and tears glide from their eyes, he says. Uh, and uh, so you can, you can read about it uh, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. But, but uh, I'll just read a little bit here from, from, uh, from the uh, 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 Majalila chapter 15. Uh, where it says, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then informed everyone, just hear about the pure devotional service rendered to Krishna by Raghava Pandit. Now this is what Lord Chaitanya is praising Raghava Pandit. Indeed, Raghava Pandit's service is supremely pure and highly accomplished. Apart from other commodities, just hear about his coconut offering. So coconut, you know, is not so expensive. And especially in Puri, <laughs> you know, they're there. And he says, a coconut is sold at the rate of five gandas each. Although he already has hundreds of trees and millions of fruits, he is still very eager to hear about the place where sweet coconut is available. So he already prepossessed coconut groves. But he's still, anybody, you get a coconut that's really sweet, he wanted to hear about it. 
high quality coconuts, right? He collects coconuts with great endeavor from a place 20 miles away, and he gives four panas each for them, apparently a very high sum. Every day, five to seven coconuts are clipped, I guess that means trimmed, and put into water to keep cool. At the time of offering boga, the coconuts are again clipped and cleansed. After holes are made them, they are offered to Lord Krishna. Lord Krishna used to drink the juice from these coconuts, and sometimes the coconuts were left drained of juice. At other times, the coconuts were filled with juice. When Raghava Pandit saw that the juice had been drunk from the coconuts, he was very pleased. In other words, he would offer the coconut, I guess a dab in this case, and come back from the deity uh, empty. He would then break the coconut, take out the pulp, put it on another plate. After offering the pulp, he would meditate outside the temple door. In the meantime, Lord Krishna, having eaten the pulp, would leave the plate empty. Well, that's what happened. happened would disappear. Sometimes after eating the pulp, Krishna would fill the plate again with new pulp. In this way, Raghava Pandit's faith increases and he floats in an ocean of love. And so it goes on here about Raghava Pandit. And it tells the story about one servant bringing in some coconuts, happened to touch as he came in the top of the doorway. And then he wouldn't offer the coconuts, he said, because people come in this door, that they, 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 they put their feet, blow up dust, it touches that. You've touched the, the dust on the, uh, the top of the doorway and the ceiling above the door. Now then you touch the coconuts so they aren't fit to be offered. So that was his high standard of cleanliness. He did not accept the coconuts but threw them over the wall. His service is purely based on unalloyed love and it conquers the whole world. Uh, and then it goes on, he collected excellent bananas, mangoes, oranges, jackfruit, whatever first-class fruits from distant villages he heard about. So he heard, apparently he had some resources, you know, so he would, he would use them and send out people to collect them from distant places, pay high prices for them, clean them and trim them and offer them to the deities, and he would prepare vegetables too. It mentions spinach, which means shock, uh, radishes, fruits, chipped rice, powdered rice. He prepared cakes, wheat rice, concentrated milk, uh, everything, uh, and everything else with great attention. And the cooking conditions were purified so that the food was first class and delicious. And then it goes on with pickles and, uh, and so on. So this is, this is his service that, that's, that's, that's quoted here as an example. And of course his sister Damayanti was also, and we carry these bags, the bags of Raghavar Pandit. And, and it's described somehow she would cook them so they would keep for a long time and Lord Chaitanya would like always eat them with, with great relish. It mentions also in the book, uh, by the way, um, uh, uh, they quote the, the, uh, the uh, substitutes. Uh, if you lack any item uh, uh, for worship of the Lord, you can substitute flowers, raw white rice, barley, tulsi leaves, or pure water for, for the missing articles. So there's directions for the substitutes. Usually the most common ones are, are water, clean water, and flower petals. And it says, when the time comes to offer the missing article, say the mantra for offering that article, because every time you say, this, uh, you know, you say what the article is, uh, you, uh, you say the mantra for offering that article and meditate on it as being present as you offer the substitute. And then you have a, on the altar, there's a vessel set aside for the Vishyasarjaniya Patra that, discarding for things that are offered. And it says, Thus even the poorest person possessing only a few vessels, flowers, and pure water can worship the Lord in pure, full opulence by means of mantra meditation and devotion and receive the mercy of the, the greatest mercy of the Lord. And they make a further note here. Even if the article is not missing, 
you may meditate that you are offering more and better quality of that particular article. So if you have fake pearls, fake gold, you know, you can meditate on it as big real pearls and real gold. The Lord will accept your feelings, you know. You could say, you know, this is what you deserve. I can't do that, but please accept this, you know, and so on. Um, for example, a scarcity of flowers may force you to offer only one, perhaps not particularly good quality. And that will happen, you know. I'm, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure there are devotees in Siberia and Mongolia that may, you know, not have flowers certain times. And, uh, so it says here, if you offer only one flower instead of a bunch, not a good one. Uh, you, but offering, you can meditate that you are offering a full plate of fragrant roses to the Lord, they say here. Such meditation will not go in vain. Uh, so there's no excuse. Uh, and as you can see, everywhere, what really matters, all these, all these uh, when you're worshiping the deity, when you're chanting, when you're worshiping the Lord in the form of sound by chanting japa, uh, when you're worshiping by reading, in every case, you are forming, establishing, maintaining, and developing a relationship. It's not a mechanical. And the more one we are conscious of this activity of relationship, the more Krishna also responds to us. Uh, and when he does, you won't have to guess you'll know. It'll, and because Krishna's presence and his response is, 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 is quite uh, noticeable. Uh, uh, well, let me, one other thing about Raghava uh, Pandit, it's mentioned in the Anjalila, uh chapter 6. Uh, uh, when he was bringing food from his house, cooked by his sister. Uh, uh, it says that Raghava Pandit brought so many presentations that no one could know them perfectly. Indeed, it was a fact that the Supreme Mother, Radharani, personally cooked in the house of Raghava Pandit. So this was also <laughs> going on there. Okay, I guess that's as far as we get for today. Uh, 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 with the uh, Upadna uh, section. So we'll continue with, uh, yeah, with uh, text 16 and 17 are done together, uh, and, uh, and we'll talk a little more uh, on the subject of, uh, of uh, Upadana, uh, selecting and gathering the items for worship. Okay? So we'll stop there and resume, and we can now open it up if you have any questions. You can text them in or respond on the website or even call, voicemail, voice messaging, or whatever it is. I just have a quick comment about um, the idea that if you don't have something that's super high quality that you can meditate on it being a higher quality. And it reminds me of um, Jayane Vasprabhu's recent class here in Potomac on deity worship and how he was saying that one of the benefits of going, you know, offering things through Parampara, meaning offering to your spiritual master, your spiritual master's offers, his spiritual master, and so on and so forth, is that through every trans- transition, you, know, you offer to your spiritual master, your spiritual master is actually offering the next spiritual master and adding things to the offering. And it goes all the way up, all the way through Radharani, so that when, by the time you're offering to Krishna, it's actually a very grand and opulent feast, even if you're offering something very simple. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, 
Thank you for so getting with the guy who's purely brother plus mercy. Why he accepting you? Um, in Tarkabalaram asks, is it not possible that the opulent, quote, opulent requirement for the neophyte lead to a situation whereby the neophyte is misleading into thinking that they are serving the Lord better than one who is offering a simpler or even mental variety? Neophytes should follow instructions and understand what uh, what uh, uh, what really counts. Uh, if if nice things are available uh, and, and you don't take advantage of it, then that's that's negligence because you don't want to be bothered with the effort or things like that. Uh, but if you don't have any money or things are not available. Uh, then this is when you do it. So the, the point is the attitude of the devotee. I mean, people can offer very nice things and be quite careless about it also. And then Krishna won't really accept it. He, you know, he thought what is made, what he really wants to taste. I mean, he, he, he doesn't need to eat. I remember one time early, early on in the movement, some, some uh, guy came uh, storming into the temple in the middle of the afternoon and demanded to see the deities. Uh, he made a big fuss about having to take his boots off, but he demanded to see them. He wanted to see God right now. And I said, well, he can't, he's asleep. And he looked at me and says, God never sleeps. <laughs> so he didn't understand much about deity worship. That, that you get to put them to sleep and you get to wake them up because of forming a relationship. So all of this is about relationship and, 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 and about devotion. And of course, sometimes uh, it's a pragmatic uh, uh, consideration. Uh, pragmatic means sometimes practice comes first. Uh, and, I, and it's not hypocritical. I want to feel humble, and so I bow down. I may not be humble, but I bow down. And just by bowing down, that also evokes humble feelings in me. It's not hip- hypocritical that my intention is to develop humility. I know I'm proud, but I bow down. Uh, so a lot of the deity worship is practice. Uh, and by acting sincerely in this way, with the idea of developing these relationships, then it will fructify. If I do it as, as a pretense, if I have no intention of developing a relationship, if I'm just doing the show off to other people or to advertise my greatness as a devotee, then it won't, it won't develop. Then it's hypocrisy. So there's a difference. Anything else? Other comments, questions? No? Okay, so we'll, we'll end there, and God willing, we'll start again uh, with text number, we only did one, two, I'll read that in review, so text number uh, 16, Canto 11, Chapter 27, text, starting with text 16. Thank you very much. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai.